This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. Today's episode contains references to sexual coercion, sexual violence, mass shootings and suicide, so go gently with yourselves. It will also, as always, contain a lot of swears. Hey, Aileen, did you know that it's really tough for men on the dating scene right now? Hello and welcome to Manosphere Debunked, the podcast that tells you not to nag people to get sex. <laughs> I'm Aileen Barrett from the Instagram page Tinder Translators. And I am uh, Dan, the narcissist psychologist, and uh, I am interested and willing to learn about what the dating scene currently does look like for men, actually. Well, I'm glad that you are open because you're about to listen to me talk about it. Although I'm not in this episode going to talk primarily about the current like 2023 dating scene, um, because what I want to look at is this central idea in the manosphere that basically it's harder for men to get laid than it is for women that women can get laid anytime they want but also that that's like a fault of women and a fault of feminism for like making us i don't know have bodily autonomy something like that so that's nice i'm sorry but isn't is isn't it like a biological predisposition that women can just find a mate whenever they want but men have to work 10 times harder for that to happen well that's always been my experience so (laughs) so in the manosphere there's this real idea that men have to kind of pursue women but also that the men are entitled to sex they are very highly sexual beings and they're entitled to our bodies and there's a phrase that gets thrown around which is women are the gatekeepers of sex and men are the gatekeepers of relationships which is gross I think I don't know about you what have you not heard that no so I've heard I've heard that um women are the gatekeepers of sex I've never heard that men are the gatekeepers of relationships what does that mean yeah so basically that you know it's hard for men to get a woman to sleep with them and it's hard for women to get a man to like pick her as like the one so I just think it's it's just to do with yeah women's value is shown in a man picking them as like a permanent partner and conversely women's value goes down if they have lots of sexual partners um so either way you know we're pretty screwed um so that's nice for us God, (laughs) (laughs) what a depressing systemic double barn to be in yeah yeah so seeing sex as something you want and therefore need to learn how to get from women is a thing that really comes from pickup artists and i want to talk today a little bit about pickup artists and incels and the links between them before next uh, episode i'm going to go on to talk about the kind of modern iterations of those the philosophies that we'll hear today in much more mainstream chatter because i think the reason that we wanted to set up this this podcast is because we want to look at how the kind of myths of the manosphere and the things that are presented as fact or like biological reality are actually coming from this quite dark place on the internet and seeping out into more mainstream discourse. Um, And you see that all over the place. So I don't think you can talk about sort of modern dating myths and the kind of manosphere's propagation of them without looking at I guess a little bit of history, which I love usually, not so much a fan of this kind, but um, a bit of history of pickup artists being an early iteration of that. Sounds good. Um, My my initial my initial sort of just quick check in there. Mm -hmm. So based on what you said, how fun was researching this for you? Um, I almost just spat out my tea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I for this podcast, I've, I've read a few articles like academic articles. Um, and I've done a lot of kind of online research, listened to a few podcasts as well. I also have read extracts of the Neil Strauss book, The Game. Um, and all I can say is that it makes me a bit sick <laughs> and a bit sad and a bit scared. Sick, sad and scared. Oh, what an alliterative experience. Um, and look, I'm just, I'm a writer. What can I say? It just flows out of me. <laughs> so basically in the early noughties, late nineties, 
these seduction communities arose in usually like in West Coast America, these communities were based around men who called themselves gurus and who were teaching other young men who were not confident with women how to have game. So um, they appropriated the gurus from Indian culture and game from African-American vernacular, I think. So cool guys, well done. Off to a great start, yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. And these communities have their whole own language and we'll probably touch on this on like every episode because the online communities in general of the manosphere have shorthand for certain things. So the PUAs, pickup artists, um, and they all have nicknames. Well, they kind of choose their own nickname and they also use terms like AFC, which is average frustrated chump, which is what you are before you learn game. Average frustrated chump. Yeah. So basically they're men who can't pick up women. Um, so that's nice. Well, okay. I mean, that's a nice, that's a nice degrading term. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to, um, belittle and knock down somebody's confidence who may already have less confidence about things yeah it's almost as if dan these men use the (laughs) techniques that they taught these young men on the young men on the young men themselves in order to undermine their confidence and then get them to pay them money for a service which is what happened these guys made lots of money doing workshops which is like they would tell them certain plays certain pickup games and then they would take them out on a night out and get them to do them they would call them workshops it was just fucking boys night but i've also heard referred to them as layers oh yeah lots of nice things that's grim yeah now, speaking of grim, um, we turn to The Game by Neil Strauss, the book that I referred to earlier, which has sort of the pickup artist Bible. Lots and lots of young men read it in the early, well, the mid noughties. It came out in 2005. And uh, Strauss paints himself as what was, you know, one of those average frustrated chumps and he decided to kind of dive into the pickup artist world and then got very good at it. His nickname was Style. So. Okay. The door, they're so dorky, honestly. Let me tell you some nicknames. <laughs> they're so dorky. So this is a, here are a few names that I just picked out. Mystery. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I already went in the first episode. I was like, Mr. E, because I thought that that was quite oh, like yeah. a catchy play on words, but it's not. It's just literally mystery, which mm-hmm. just takes all the mystery out of anything in relation Although, to Although, to be fair, I'm not sure which would be worse in a way. True, anyway, true. Um, Papa <laughs> is one of them. Papa, mm-hmm. as it as in like Papa Smurf. As in Papa, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, extra mask. Extra what? Sorry. Extra mask. All one word. Ex- I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. E- extra mask, as yeah, in like yeah. a mask that you wear, but extra. That was. I his don't nickname. understand extra it. Mask. Don't ask me to explain. One of them was called Herbal. Herb, as in herbal tea um well, <laughs> yeah okay but also maybe as in the S- smoking herb. the smoking a bit uh, of the reefer oh my god <laughs> sorry I'm calling these men dorky um, <laughs> uh, showing my age you don't have to become a pickup artist if you're a dorky man <laughs> i don't know if that's showing your age so much as just showing that you're Maybe haven't smoked enough of the reefer oh, yeah. in your time. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we won't incriminate you. <laughs> um, in either way, and one of them who we will come back to at some point is called was called Tyler Durden. Oh, I have heard. I have heard. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Durden. For anyone who's not watched Fight Club, he wasn't a, and he wasn't a very nice person. I mean, you know, anarchists who want to literally blow up buildings is probably not somebody that you want to kind of live up to and aspire to be like. I mean, the blowing up credit card buildings is like the my favorite thing he does in that film so we'll have to agree to disagree i don't mind the anti-capitalist stuff it's the making men fight each other so they're real men oh, yeah. stuff that i'm okay that i think is more problematic but you know whatever we have different values we do yeah your values are lame <laughs> So Neil Strauss writes this book about his experience in the pickup artist community. It's about game, right? So it's about these tactics that you go out and you pick up women. Mm -hmm. In between that, there is just like accounts of the actual lifestyle that these men are living and the mental states that they're in. And they are all unhinged. There are guys all over the place saying, you know, oh, the game is empty. And, you know, I I thought I wanted it, but I don't or 
this game is taking over my life and I'm addicted and it's all I think about and I haven't started studying for my Lord exam or whatever and then just like interspersed with that is like and then i met these two chicks we had great sex and they like um, the explicit content about to come up i came in one of their mouths and then she spat it into the other girl's mouths and then they snogged is one of the stories i read today so yeah that's a real thing that definitely happened oh my god (laughs) so hang on so what so <laughs> sorry i'm trying to process i'm trying to process that all of them are going through some kind of mental health crisis at the start but then also there's this just really explicit um recounting of all the stuff that's happening but is there some kind of inference that this was unhelpful or unhealthy for these men yeah so it's very strange because basically yes in this book he the the narrative ends up with him meeting a girl who like is got more game than him essentially and he kind of says like there's nothing for me here now so it is sort of this kind of weird moral allegory but what the culture that kind of came out of it was all the games so they they have all these plays he just he describes them in detail like what you do there's a lot of 19 year olds in this book that he takes to his room oh, and shit. stuff. And how, how old was, how old was Strauss at the time of writing the book? Well, he wasn't 19. Mm. I think most of these guys are in their twenties. I mean, um, but yeah, that's what comes out of the book is these, these games, these plays. Um, after the book is out in 2007, mystery gets a show on MTV called, uh, the pickup artist where he, takes like 10 or like eight average frustrated chumps and basically like teaches them game. The idea is that, you know, they're all low confidence, shy guys. They're all people who haven't had any success with women. They might be virgins and stuff like that. And the idea is that he like teaches them all his techniques and then they go out and like meet girls. And then at the end of every episode, he like crowns a winner. And at the end of every season, there's like the top new pick up artists from these guys oh my god so this was proper commoditized and this was proper sort of put out into the mainstream media yeah so this becomes a huge social phenomenon and a lot of women will talk about not realizing it at the time but looking back especially if they were like at uni at this time or just some Mm. going out a lot realizing that loads of men were doing these techniques on them in in clubs and bars and things like that and you know for me when I look at like their techniques and all this stuff a lot of it is just giving men confidence to approach women and to approach lots of women it's like a numbers game I mean if you mm. approach mm. 100 women in a day you might get two of their numbers or whatever you know like and also it's it's very it's very formulaic isn't it so is it more about the fact that the techniques are like a something to to give mm-hmm. these young men an idea of what to do that they can just go out do with confidence repetitively over and over again but then just the sheer fact that they do it over and over again just means that at some point luck is on their side and they meet somebody that responds to those techniques in a particular way, rather than the techniques actually being something that works. Like I can't, I can't imagine, I, I'm not a woman, so I can't imagine that being neg would work on me. Well, I think there's two kind of answers to that. One is that of course, for a lot of guys, it didn't work. And we'll get to that in a minute, actually. Okay. But Right. Okay. Got you. But also that those kind of techniques will more likely work on a younger woman, a more uh, vulnerable woman, a woman with a lower self-esteem. And some of them are, you know, they're manipulation tactics. So some of them are literally, you know, you know, if you're going out and there, I remember, God, bloody hell, I remember going out to clubs and things and, and like being really focused on finding a guy who would be attracted to me. If you've got that kind of low self-esteem, like I want a self-esteem boost from a guy approaching me, then, you know, him being like, oh, is your hair a wig? Oh, well, it looks nice anyway, which is one of the negs, wouldn't necessarily put me off because I would be in that position. Now, obviously, I'd be like, why are you being a prick? Um, But when I was 18, 19, not so much. But then when I was 18, 19, we used to just walk up to people and snog them without talking. So I don't know what all this nonsense was about really (laughs) um yeah that is true yeah Yeah. do you remember so weird i mean i i mean i you know 
I was not necessarily the most successful um, individual with women at the time. And I guess one of the things I'm thinking about, part of me wonders if actually, if the sort of stars had aligned slightly differently, if I would have been sucked into this kind of way of thinking, because I, you know, for my own reasons, didn't necessarily hold myself in the highest regard in terms of esteem and sort of confidence about my looks and my ability to approach women and um, things like that. So it does make me wonder that if I had, you know, at the right, at the wrong time, rather, a friend of mine or somebody had sort of handed me this book and said, this is a surefire way to get women or bang chicks, as you know, I'm sure these guys would say, um, I probably would have picked it up and gone, okay, well, this is obviously a best-selling book and this man has obviously mm-hmm. bedded X amount of women. So there must be some value or some science behind it even. I don't know. And uh, yeah, I can imagine I can imagine that I probably would have been sucked into it really. Yeah, and like that's the sad thing about this is that most people, including girls, any gender, mm when they are young like say when you start fancying people until maybe you're in your even like late 20s maybe is when people kind of start to settle into their confidence in themselves as like human beings and like know themselves a bit more but but certainly you know the first kind of the late teens early 20s uni time most people even if they can like get laid are not confident they don't feel mm. attractive like there's not that many people who feel no like oh yeah i can go out and find somebody who whatever their gender the thing is with young women that they get preyed on by older men quite a lot so yeah maybe they can you know find someone who want to sleep with them or whatever but it doesn't mean that they're like having a great time in dating mm. but also with with young guys who can't it's like the answer if someone gives you a kind of quick you know answer like a shortcut this is this is the method this is how you get laid then you take it because you think that you're supposed to be getting laid Mm -hmm. because what's in all of this is this what they give men as well as confidence is is the sense of their own entitlement they are entitled to sexual confidence they are entitled to sex they should be getting it and when you feel entitled you are pushy and sometimes you know, a lot of women will, and I'm sure many, many men and people of all genders, but certainly a lot of women that I know will tell you that a lot of the sexual encounters they've had have at least been a little bit pushed onto them. Not necessarily that they feel they were sexually assaulted, but that they certainly said no once, at least in that, in that kind and of... The guys have, and the guys persisted in terms of just not taking the first no, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that spirit... Um, I don't want to be in that spirit. <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> um, but in that on that subject, mm-hmm. let's say this is the the sections, the steps of the book. So this is what the chapter headings are called, basically. Okay. Step one. So this is it's very military. Okay. This is how you do game. Okay. So take notes, Dan. Okay. Um, I've got my pen at the ready. Uh, select a target. Select a target. Jesus Christ! How predatory <laughs> does that sound? Fucking hell! Okay. I don't know what you're gonna you're gonna there's 11 steps by the way what are you what are you pray yeah select a target approach and open so um an open is like basically starting a conversation um everything's got a name they're like there's a there's a bit in it where this guy's like i did my like growing up in alaska play and it's basically like just any like you just spoke about your childhood yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> I grew up in Alaska play. Oh yeah, it's the play. And it's like, they have to think about, they would start thinking about every interaction with a woman who they want to have sex with is this kind of, you know, formulaic thing. Anyway, approach and open, demonstrate value, which, which seems fine, right? Like, I guess you want them to think you're cool or whatever that might be. These guys had all kinds of like ways to be look interesting or be interesting one of which was doing rune readings for girls i don't anyway um what just whipping them out of the pocket and being like i'm going to read you some runes yeah they just carry Uh, them around yeah and then step four is disarm the obstacles oh and step five is isolate the target 
Oh, for God's sakes, Jesus. So okay. basically get her away from her friends. You know, find a nice dark <sighs> corner. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of lean over her overbearingly, I can imagine, and make her feel like she's got no place to go. Yeah, fine. Well, well you know, it's a bit more subtle than that. Create an emotional connection. Okay, that sounds nice. Yeah, except if it would be fine. If, if it was approach, demonstrate value, create an emotional connection, I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, this is what you should be doing. Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. yeah. Um, just like all the other bits. Um, extract to a seduction location. So go somewhere where you can seduce. Yeah, do what you need to do. Uh, yeah. Is that, now, is that different from isolating from her friends? Because... Yeah, because that's in the club. Like, say you're in a club, it's like taking her off okay. into a corner or something. Like, just, you know, like having a one-to-one -one interaction. But even that phrase, extract to a seduction location, the, you know, when you think of extraction in terms of military terms, you imagine the idea of just whacking somebody in a van and then just driving off <laughs> in some kind of planned military procedure. There's no sort of like, it doesn't sound gentle or nice yeah because it's masculine oh Dan. God. yeah okay yeah sure let me clarify for people who might not know me and dan that is a joke about sort of the way that things get masculinized in a in a bad way and feminized unnecessarily you know yeah. so it, it's a bit like you know making shower gel like blue so that men will wash their balls like you know <laughs> yeah. step eight is pump buying temperature pump buying temperature yeah i don't that's the worst one for the, for the terminology because what it it means essentially just means like a woman's buying temperature is basically how turned turned on she is or how up for it she is. So sorry, what so what so what what fucking military terminology is that from? Then I can so extract a seduction location. <laughs> sure, I can see how that extrapolates from military terminology. Yeah, but what the fuck does pump buying temperature mean? It's like a combination of putting fuel in your car but also the stock market. It's like they've fused those two kind of worlds. Yeah, that is basically what it's like. But for this, it's basically, <laughs> it's, it's, it's creating this kind of emotional reaction because obviously women are emotional and need emotional connection to have sex. By the way, not true in my experience, but you know, they need to have like a flurry of emotions where they like feel really connected to you. So they, you could be telling that you could be like talking about how you want to have kids someday or something like that. Or it could just be like a making the, making her feel special or whatever. And then okay. step nine is make a physical connection. Okay. And then step 10 is blast last minute resistance. Blast last minute resistance. Right. So this is okay. So that's the more, mm. Mm. okay. So it sounded bad. It sounded bad at isolator from a friends. <laughs> it got a little bit worse at extracting her to a seduction location mm -hmm. where I'm envisioning sort of, you know, somebody having like a bag thrown over their head and then sort of chucked into a black van. <laughs> but then this one is blast last minute resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea being that a lot of women will maybe f seem like they're up for it and then sort of say no at the last minute. Change their mind. Yeah, but it won't be real. Mm -hmm. It's not real, the, the mind changing, or it can be, oh, fuck it can be um, overcome. And yeah, so that's why it gets so dark, really. I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's all coercion. It's not physically blast through it, but it's, you know, very much. Oh, but it's quite a strong, it's quite a strong, it's quite a strong imagery oh. blast through it. Like there's no, it's not, there's nothing gentle about mm -hmm. the, the suggestion of what you need to do in order to make sure that you kind of get to your ultimate goal. Yeah. And it's the idea that basically, and this is, you know, could again a lot of this has grounding in some truth and then just goes off into wild wild levels of misogynistic kind of fucking ideology but the idea that women um feel that they need to say no because they don't want to be slut shamed so you need to kind of reassure them uh. and sure but also when a woman decides changed her mind when she's in your room then she's changed your mind when she's in your room and leave her the fuck alone. Mm. Um, but yeah. there's all kinds of plays. And then the last, the last one, which I find hilarious and cause I'm, I'm, I interpret it a different way from what it's meant to mean is manage expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is the, so yeah. What do you think it, it means? <laughs> well, I feel like it's, I feel like it's um, about your own performance. 
Yeah, so basically, like, get her into bed, blast through that last minute resistance, and then tell her, it's only going to take two minutes. So what does the actual managing expectations according to the book mean? To let a woman know before sleeping with her roughly how committed a relationship one intends to have with her so she does not expect too much or too little. What are you talking about? Earlier on, in, in order to try and pump her for temperature, you were trying to talk about how you wanted fucking kids. What are you talking about? <laughs> You were saying, oh, I feel like I want to have kids with you in order to get her to that emotional level mm. so you can have sex with her. And now you're like, actually, babe, I'm not quite <sighs> sure how committed I am to this fucking relationship. But also imagine you're just literally about to like fucking have sex and someone's like, by the way, uh, this is one time thing. Oh, sorry. Is the managing the expectations before, before the deed happens? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought that was after the, the action, as in, like, once you've had sex. Yeah. No, to be fair, How... it is a little bit more ethical than that, to be fair. But it's also, it's it's that's not because she deserves to know. It's because then it won't be as messy for you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because you want her to know that she's not staying over. Yeah. So sorry. So sorry. Kept just for my own clarity... You go through all the stages, <laughs> you promise her that you want to have children, then you've got to go... The children thing no, was an I know, example. I, know, I, I've, yeah, I yeah. don't... I don't... Why am I advocating for pick-up eyes? <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, like, you, you're like, you've got her to the point where, you know, she's got to you pump the emotional temperature or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> And then just before you're about to have sex, then you're like, oh, this is probably just a one-time thing. Is that not just like, talk me through the logic there. Would that not be like a mood killer? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Although I don't know how the mood is still there after all that nonsense. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of a get out of jail free card if you said, well, right before we were about to bang, I did say like, um, by the way, I'm like, not looking mm. for a girlfriend right now. How do you slip that into conversation? Ask Neil Strauss. Ask Style. I don't know. Style, yeah. Do you think he's on Twitter? Can I can I at him? Mm-hmm, because now he's like um, a self-actualization guru or something. They're all like now confidence guru people. Grifting in a different way. Oh, 100%, yeah. They're very grifty. So obviously, like, knowing that, terminology knowing that they were all about like blasting through last minute resistance or and seeing women as targets like that is enough for me that you you mm. describe your woman the woman you want to sleep with as a target there were eventually backlashes and there were eventually people being mm. pulled up on what they were doing and what they were teaching one of the things that got called out i think it was first on a reddit thread was one of the techniques um and <clears> this is horrible that was basically like, if a woman won't kiss you and you're not getting anywhere with her, it's called cavemanning. Oh, I don't want to know what this means. Oh, fucking yeah. Hell. It's essentially just, um, just grab her and kiss her, and they'll think it's hot. And like, and this is a quote from Tyler Durden, whose name is real name is Owen Cook. She won't stop it, and then she'll backwards rationalize that she wanted it. Backwards rationalize. So as in like. It's happening, so I'm going to try and like it, which is really interesting because there's a really great podcast called The Man Enough Podcast, and I was listening to an episode this, this week, um, and yeah. it was Liz, who's a brilliant feminist writer. Liz Plank. Yeah, Liz Plank, talking about how she went on a date with a guy and she like he basically choked her when they were kissing, and she didn't. She kind of went on with it, and there was a few things where she was like, when you're uncomfortable as a woman and maybe she was like maybe men do this too i don't know you try to like it you try and convince yourself that you like it you try and go with the flow rather than like causing you know a scene especially when a guy has been really nice to you the whole time before that so that's it echoes that to me that that will you know sometimes a girl won't want to kiss you but once you kiss her she'll let you kiss her because it's easier than resisting yeah and isn't there something about when you're in this position with men and actually things turn a little bit and you feel uncomfortable it's probably in your best interest in terms of safety to just kind of go along with things because mm -hmm. actually the uncertainty of what they could do is more frightening so you actually just go well in order to make sure that that doesn't get that this situation doesn't get any worse i'm just going to go along with this yeah and i think that that's a big thing and so when a lot of these men talk about these things working, if you're t looking at a woman for a target for sex or sexual validation or whatever, lots of the times when they worked, I would say, were still bad things. You know, Neil Strauss 
does it in this way that he's like yeah these two 19 year old girls were like really into me and we had a threesome and it was like so horny and hot and like i'm like were you a sleazy guy with two 19 year old girls making them perform sexually porny shit for you and they did it because they wanted your approval that's not hot that's Mm. gross actually or because actually they were in a situation that they felt that they couldn't turn away from and actually they were mm-hmm. in it and they kind of just thought that it's probably best to just continue as as is rather than face any kind of further consequence. Yeah. Um, <gasps> He's older than I thought he was. Oh, how old is he now? He's 54 now. So he would have so been... So in 2007... He would have been in his 30s. That's so gross. Okay. Oh, God. So he's a 30-year-old man-ish, roughly. Bragging about having threesomes with two 19-year-old girls. It's one of mm-hmm. the things he says in the book anyway. Oh, God. Okay. Right. Right. That's just added a different level of, um, yeah, mm-hmm. ick to this. In terms of this uh, this conversation about um, women sort of submitting to these these situations where the potential for threat might be greater than what's currently happening. So there's a lot of um, neurobiological research, I guess, in terms of so- the field of psychology about this idea of fight, flight, freeze. And mm-hmm. um, it's not new, but obviously um, in it's new in terms of thinking about how people respond to sexual violence and that actually um, sometimes people do have a a freeze or a fawn response Mm -hmm. to situations of threat where actually they, like you were saying, unconsciously or just from a safety threat management perspective, they do just freeze and do just go along with something because actually their sort of internal threat system is fired up and they actually can't or don't know how to extract themselves from that situation and sort of their body has gone into safety mode yeah. and in order to preserve um, themselves and essentially their life because I guess at times they might think that their physical well-being is under threat they'll just they'll just succumb and submit yeah. which is not the same as consent. which is not the same as yeah which is not the same as consent but then is also not the same as a outcome for these individuals where actually they've notched one on the belt essentially yeah um well i mean i don't think i don't think they care yeah that's that's the other side of it as well yeah so um yeah so but there was backlash against these guys in fact i'm going to send you a screenshot of a uh headline yeah okay so um julian blanc who was a very good looking man i'm sure he still is a good looking man which kind of makes it a bit stupid to be honest this whole thing but he was romping through Japan and pushing women's faces into his dick. Uh, and he said that he could, all white men do this in Japan. You can get away with it if you're a white man. It says, here, it says here, if you're a white male, you can do what you want. Every foreigner who is white does this. Do yeah. they? Do, do all white men walk through the streets of Japan just grabbing women's heads and pressing them to their crotch? I'm not aware of this. Also, what a smug photo. Oh, he's just, yeah, he's awful. But basically, there was a petition created to get him out of Australia, like hotels refused to host him. He was eventually denied a visa to the UK. I think I remember that in the news. Yeah, he, he wasn't allowed to come and do his work in different countries because he had effectively just been advocating to for sexually assaulting women in the streets and done a video about it. And a lot of the videos that these pickup artists made were eventually taken down. Um, There is, which I'm not going to read out, but there is a story that Owen Cook told, who um, was Tyler Durden, which is essentially, not essentially, I mean, it's just a story about raping a woman. It's it's literally a story about raping a woman. Um, And that was like in a video up online for a long time and the quotes are around. And he is now still like a confidence guru. He's got his, he's still got his page on Instagram. It's called like RSD Tyler. So their pickup artistry kind of business was called Real Social Dynamics um, for a long time. And it wasn't until basically the Me Too movement that that closed down. But these guys have popped up again in various guises. So sorry, can I just, can I just, so there's a video where a man admits to essentially raping a woman that was taken down and mm-hmm. he's still able to continue living a life that's not him incarcerated or having been punished 
in some form of judicial way. No. I mean, yes, that is correct. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so there was this mainstream backlash uh, to people who had been sort of allowed a bit into the mainstream or people who had made these viral videos that then were used against them, used against them in a way that they should be. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't want you in our country because you sexually assault women and say it's okay because you're white. So yeah, fair enough. As well as the external backlash within the kind of blogosphere, manosphere area, there is also a backlash from young men who were part of these communities or on the periphery of these communities, because obviously these techniques don't actually work for most people or for some people. Um, mm -hmm. As we've said, there is a kind of numbers game going on. There is a kind of confidence thing going on which means that that is helpful to a lot of guys trying to speak to women who don't have the confidence, fine. But there are still going to be lots of guys who pay money or, you know, spend lots of time reading these blogs or really go down the rabbit hole of it and still don't get laid. They're going to be disappointed. Yeah, they're going to be disappointed. They were disappointed. And what emerges out of that is involuntary celibate culture. Um, it's worth saying that incel wasn't coined by a manosphere person. It was coined by a woman talking about her experience of being single involuntarily. And she sort of created an online community, but then it was co-opted by incels. Um, and she has spoken apparently about how disturbing it is for her that she came oh, up gosh. with this quite benign, you know, term that's now obviously... Yeah because it's invol involuntary celibacy, doesn't necessarily have to be a bit of misogynistic thing, but <laughs> such is the manosphere. But yeah, so for this bit of the podcast, I'm going to refer quite a bit to a, an article um, called From Pickup Artists to Incels, Confidence Games, Networked Misogyny, and the Failure of Neoliberalism, which I'm not going to touch on, but it's really really interesting article okay and um i'll put it in the show notes also i really like the description of the manosphere as networked misogyny so there's like always okay. been misogyny but the fact that the blogosphere kind of came and made it this kind of community thing this thing that could be networked i think is a really good description really good kind of shorthand description for mm -hmm. the manosphere in general so in this article and in various other places you can see described how incel culture emerges out of pickup artist culture because incels resent this idea that you can just game your way into women's pants and again i said this in the first episode i also resent that idea but um <laughs> from a different standpoint that was a great trailer yeah i thought so <laughs> um <laughs> but even though they are kind of in opposition to each other um, you know, they do share some kind of core bits of ideology. They just go off on different tangents. So this is from the article, um, which is about the pickup artist community, but I think it's really key to what the similarity is between that, this and incels. And it says, the pickup artist and seduction community emerged as a way to teach confidence, to instill mastery in men who had been denied this skill, mainly by the visibility of popular feminism, where women were exhorted to be confident sexual subjects. Subjects, oh, okay. So, yeah, like, you know, like, not objects, weird. No. <laughs> really weird, okay. yeah. Here, sexual confidence is seen as a resource, one in short supply. The more women have it, the less men do. Once sexual confidence is defined as a scarce resource, women are considered threats to the supply and thus themselves are turned into resources. Thus, women must be controlled and made less confident in order for men to become confident. With pickup artists, this includes undermining women's self-confidence which we've obviously already talked about but i think yeah. that thing of sexual confidence being like a currency and women being turned into objects rather than subjects is really key to both pickup artist and incel philosophy sorry the, the word that stuck out for me was scarce resource like confidence is a scarce resource like it's grown in fields <laughs> it's just a fucking bizarre way to frame 
confidence. Well, I don't. The thing is, I think this is kind of like the academic analysis of because I don't think they would say it was sexual confidence because they wouldn't say like, oh, if women have it, men have less. But that does seem to be the implication of pickup artists, right? We need to we need to take confidence away from women in order to get sex from them. Or how about just, you know, improve your confidence in yourself so that, you know, maybe if the, if women do have more confidence, we just bolster our own confidence and kind of maybe match that rather than trying to strip it away from women, in my head, would seem like the more logical, maybe pro-social, less dehumanizing <sighs> way of going about it, right? Yeah, there goes Dan simping again. Uh... Fucking hell, yeah, <laughs> such a cuck. <laughs> So the thing about the incels is that they are talking about um, how it's not possible to get sex from women, but women are still sexual objects who they yeah. deserve to get sex from, right? And one of the clearest ways that you can see the incels emerge from pickup artists is that there was a website that was originally called Pickup Artist Hate, P-U-A Hate, and it was, you know, young men who were very bitter and angry about pick up artist culture these guys who were going out and getting sex and they couldn't get sex now at one point in 2014 this site closes down temporarily and comes back with a new name and the new name has replaced pua with slut and it is now called slut hate so sorry so what they've done is taken their annoyance resentment bitterness towards the men who have sold them lies essentially in their eyes and have then redirected that anger towards women and it's almost like have i got that right like they've 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 taken they've taken their annoyance and anger and then suddenly now it's a women's fault somehow that it's not working that these things aren't working yeah and i think probably a good point to say and we both agree on this that we do have even for some of these men who would hate me and everything i stand for i have some compassion for them because their anger and annoyance isn't just at really it's not just out being able to get sex it's about lots and yeah, lots yeah, yeah. of things um in society and they're channeling channeling it towards a identifiable kind of almost victimizable you know target point. yeah that they uh, can sort in, of, yeah. yeah it's uh it's the uh small boats policy of the manosphere, you know, <laughs> women who have sex. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this kind of, they're challenging it towards women. And what happened was there was this evolution of the kind of theory of from pickup artists, as you know, you can increase your value, mm -hmm. um, very similar to the kind of high value man, high value woman shit that we hear today. Mm -hmm. The, the incels develop first of all kind of say well this all doesn't work and then say that there are some people who just have more value or less value there are some guys who can get girls and there's some guys who can't get girls and the incels are the guys who can't get girls and the reason they can't get girls is again because of feminism and confidence and you know bodily autonomy of women mm -hmm. now they have their whole own language again there's so much language in the manosphere women who sleep around are called stacy's the men who they sleep with are called chads right have you not heard of Stacey's? No, I've heard of Chad's. I've not heard of Stacey's. Yeah. I think, what is your understanding of a Chad? So, well, um, I don't really know what it means, but I guess it is somebody, it, it is a man who can get women. And I think they probably look a particular way. So in my head, they're probably quite a jock-esque type looking bloke. I actually looked up the meaning and looked at it in different places. And I, there's this men's health article and it's like, what does Chad mean? And then it's got this bit that says the term originated within the horrendously backward incel culture. And I'm like, well, why are you doing an article on it then, babes? You're bringing it into the mainstream. But yes, it is basically a kind of alpha male and in within incels it is very specifically to do with how you look okay um strong jaw big shoulders all that kind of stuff a gym bro yeah a gym bro yeah 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 and because incels believe that there is a sexual hierarchy there is a sexual kind of marketplace if you will yeah i mean all manosphere people would subscribe to that and we'll talk about that in a minute because they believe there's this hierarchy and that women are only going for the top guys the chads mm -hmm. they basically say that the further away you are from that the less likely you are to find a woman and that's not fair so i was going to say sorry is there something about um how incels view themselves then do they essentially think that they are physically unappealing 
Yes, exactly that. And that, that is called, you talked last episode about the red pill. Um, and this is called black pill. Okay. So black pill, I'm going to, this is from, it's actually a European Union report. Well, it's ra the Radicalization Awareness Network report, um, which I'll again link in the show notes. Um, and they describe it like this. Followers of the extreme black pill believe every individual attempt to increase their chances in the sexual marketplace to be futile due to genetic predetermination of one's physical appearance mm -hmm. based on which women supposedly choose their partners real change according to them can only be brought about at the societal level not the individual level so like there's no kind of self-improvement you can do in order to make yourself more attractive to women and it's 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 a desperately sad isolating theory and i i don't think it's right to say that all incels even have the black pill theory but i guess there's an element of like biological essentialism there where actually Definitely. there's a there's like a predetermination that actually like if you are this category which maybe some of the incels feel that they fit in there's absolutely nothing that they can do in order to change that and they are it's almost quite fatally pessimistic actually in in the sense that there's absolutely nothing that they can change about their situation which is really quite sad actually it's sad and and scary and like i think obviously you didn't choose the word fatally necessarily to be literal but that is no, yeah, yeah, where this true. goes mm. so we're not going to spend too much time in the fatally bit because other books and podcasts and everything have have covered this extensively mm -hmm. but it is important to say that this is the corner of the manosphere that produces murderers, uh, mass murderers, terrorists, really. And um, this same report that I was reading from, it talks about what the long term solutions or what the societal level solutions are, according to like black pill incels. And they include fight against feminism, offs, removing women's rights. Oh, my God. And the notion of and this is Karl Marx's rolling in his grave, I hope, sexual Marxism, which is either state enforced monogamy or government funded sex workers or worse stuff that I'm not even going to go into. Holy fuck. Right. So basically the black pill solution is take away women's rights give men entitlement to sex and what was the first one again uh just fighting against feminism oh okay. and just fighting uh, against feminism okay yeah which i think like all of the manosphere can get on board with <laughs> yeah i mean that that all sounds pretty yeah pretty fucked up i'm not gonna lie yeah it's it's very fucked up and as i say it's this part of the manosphere of the even of the this corner of incels that does produce the likes of elliot roger and i would just like to say on a lighter note that on in our first episode when we were discussing terrorism and extremism i said elliot gould which is an actor who played monica and ross's dad on friends and i would like to publicly apologize to him because he is not an incel mass murderer no elliot roger is the person i was talking about who is sort of deified definitely he's, he's seen as a martyr and there mm. are other men who have committed you know mass mass killings elliot roger went out to basically shoot up a, a female sorority or well, obviously it's a female sorority it's a sorority but anyway <laughs> um and they did there wasn't anyone in so he just sort of shot up whoever he could and also uh, shot himself and he released this very long manifesto as many sort of you know mass shooters do and uh, he was declaring a war on women and he is very much seen as a hero by these these small but you know dangerous very dangerous um subset of people in the manosphere men in the manosphere and and i guess the other thing to say here is that it's immeasurable how much violence against women is produced by the manosphere we'll just never know uh and sexual violence and stuff like that we just it's we can't know that but it does produce kind of you know mass shooters and things like that but it also you know when i hear men's rights activists talk about men's male suicide rates which are a real thing and we both take seriously and think mm -hmm. there are gendered reasons behind it and we will I'm sure, you know, discuss that in, in a whole episode to itself or, you know, something more specific. But what's very rarely cited is these kind of communities, which give, I mean, what hope is there? I mean, they, they are, they openly talk about suicide in these communities. There is a phrase which is just terrific about taking other people with you if you're going to commit suicide. And the phrase is to make your suicide count. 
Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry to just get like super dark, but I think it's really important to kind of highlight this before, because I want to talk about how these things have seeped out into, you know, mainstream culture. And I think it's important to see how the heart of darkness that that is. Mm -hmm. But I very rarely hear, you know, men's rights activists, the kind of manosphere, oh, no one cares about men's mental health type people talking about how bad some of the manosphere shit is mm. for men's mental health mm. and how many suicides that it causes. We don't know. Obviously, you can't measure it. But um, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to highlight that. I guess it's yeah, I guess the, the, the rhetoric from the MRAs is around how society doesn't care about men. So therefore, that links to the high male suicide rate. But actually, you're quite right. There's very little discussion around these men who have these kind of i guess very isolated very sort of skewed ideas about themselves society and uh, you know their reasons for wanting to take their own life yeah i hadn't really thought about it that that way before yeah so Mm. super fun podcast times (laughs) um okay so we're going to zoom out again from that kind of zoom in on the very, very horrible oh, thank kind you. Of core thank of, you. of darkness. In this more general manosphere theory of the sexual marketplace, of okay. the um, of people having a sexual market value, which next episode, I think I might I think we're going to start by calculating mine and your sexual market values because there are actual calculators online. Fuck off, are there actual? No, th- no, there's not yeah, actual oh. formulations as, <laughs> as to how to work out your sexual market value. It fucking value. is. Fuck off, I'm is like there. a two Jesus out of ten. Christ. It's so great. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Who the fuck has come up with that shit? Uh, dickheads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I just wanted to show you today. Have you heard of the ladder theory? Ladder theory? No. Oh God, I'm, you know what? I get really nervous when you and I sort of say, have you heard of this? And I just think that it's going to be f- fucking horrific. Okay, go on. Okay, well, this is a um, quite a seminal Manosphere website, apparently. I've just sent you a link. Could you just read out the, uh, the first paragraph for us? The ladder theory is a funny, funny scientific explanation. I've never heard of scientific explanations being described as funny. Um, classic hilarious science classic lols right the ladder theory is a funny scientific explanation of how men and women are attracted to each other right it also covers such topics as why women sometimes just want to be friends but men always want sex okay (laughs) it's based upon many years of sociological field testing right so i'm assuming that there's loads of data then to support this bullshit and was first conceptualized in 1994 in Exeter, California, I'm guessing, by Dallas Lynn, with acknowledgements to Jared Whitson for his role in formalizing the theory. Right. I don't know who either of those people are. Ne- but... no, no, neither do I. But that sounds that sounds both very professional, but also like a load of horseshit. Yes, exactly that. Now, if we go on to the page Foundations, you'll see um, two pie charts. Uh, one is because everybody has a system rating of when they meet someone they assess them right yeah that's what we all do we we meet someone and immediately we go like sex or no sex obviously okay i i think that's that's scientific fact and also sarcasm um (laughs) flag there are two pie charts women's rating system and men's rating system will you describe the pie charts for us so on the women's rating system i don't really understand it so sorry things women say they care about but don't 10 percent. so basically when women say what they want in a man we say things like confidence kindness a sense of humor and he's like paying lip service to that by putting 10 percent in but he doesn't okay. really believe that we care about that shit oh so sorry so these are pie charts about what a woman cares about in another man it was so in a man yes oh sorry okay yes. attraction is 40 percent. so 40 percent so women care about attraction 40%. So then 50% is money slash power. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what do men care about in a, what's the assessment they're making? Oh my God. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Estimated chance she'll put out quickly 30%. Looks is 60%. And then there's 10%, which is described as other. 
because it's super scientific so they just say other um but basically i'd just like to flag at this point that people say that feminists hate men i think manosphere people hate men because what if i got on my platform and said when men meet women one third of what they're thinking about is whether we'll put out quickly and two thirds is or almost two thirds is whether or not we're hot people would be like oh my god that's misandry yeah but that's what these fucking people are saying anyway we haven't got to the ladders yet dan fucking hell there's more right okay sorry this is not this is going to be too long this episode but anyway i've got to get to the ladders so that men and women have different ladders okay obviously i'm going to send you first a picture of the men's ladder uh do you want me to describe it because you're seeing it for the first time right now Um, maybe it's yeah so no i can describe it um okay go in the sense that it again it looks like it was made on clip art yeah so we've got um a ladder uh at the bottom of the ladder is the abyss uh and then um the ladder's got numbers going up and they are bracketed in categories so six onwards i imagine it goes up to 10 we can't see the 10 Mm -hmm. would actively like to fuck any woman who's above a six he would act he they are on the ladder of actively want to fuck between three and five we've got would fuck drunk the men being drunk and admit to it what a lovely um compliment jesus christ um and then what we have uh in one to two bracket is would fuck drunk and not admit to it so basically this is a viewpoint of men basically admitting that they would fuck any woman regardless of what they look like (laughs) but depending on how good a woman looks in their eyes would either admit to it or not admit to it yes indeed um and so sorry this is so sorry this is the theory that has loads of sociological fucking evidence for it right well it's got field research which i think (laughs) means that this man would fuck anything with a pulse and maybe without one and that's his field research is that he's never met the woman he wouldn't fuck now again i have seen videos of women making jokes about how men will fuck anything as a joke and mm-hmm. getting like absolutely trashed in the comments for being a misandrist meanwhile this is a central theory of the manosphere now women don't have one ladders one ladder they have two ladders i'm sending you the picture um so women have a real ladder so that's the ladder that men go on if they are in with a chance and then they have friends ladder and the problem with women is that they don't make it clear where which ladder you're on and also the ladders these ladders both have an abyss in them as well but the danger for men is when they try and jump the ladder so what this is is a fake theoretical conceptualization of the friend zone that somebody has really put a lot of effort into making like a thing like an actual thing yes i so i I just i just can't get over about how how professional these graphs are like the 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 fact that (laughs) the fact that it looks like both of the 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 women's and the men's ladder were made on clip art in 1995 on windows yeah or even maybe microsoft paint yeah yeah probably microsoft paint yeah yeah Uh, if you know you know but i think this is a really good example of how you can see the same theory being used by both pickup artists and incels so i guess the difference would be that pickup artists think you can jump from the friend's ladder to the real ladder and incels think that they're two separate things and you can't and you know obviously this ladder theory he focuses on more on women wanting money uh than than wanting looks again that would be a difference but the central idea of there being a sexual marketplace in which different people have different values and also that you know women are the gatekeepers of sex right Mm -hmm. as we said at the beginning of the of the episode that theory you know really feeds into that and you know it feeds into all the kind of high value man you know, this is how you become an alpha. This is how you become a top G Andrew Tate bullshit that you see online Uh all the time. And obviously it's all very disturbing. What's more disturbing to me is that how this rhetoric, which has a very dark heart, as we've just briefly discussed, is becoming more and more in the mainstream. 
um, there are articles about how young men are having less sex and there are prominent men, even men who would call themselves progressive, who I would call progressive on other issues, starting to talk about this, mm-hmm. um, this difficulty of young men to get sex from women. Um, and they might phrase it slightly differently, but that's essentially what they're saying. So next episode, I want to talk about these kind of manosphere ideas and how they are being presented in the mainstream. And we will finally get to actually fucking debunk some stuff. So (laughs) if you've been with us for three episodes, thank you. Um, The debunked part of Manosphere Debunked starts next week. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing some debunking. Um, But this has been, enjoyable has not been the word, but it's been... Mm -hmm illuminating let's say it's been illuminating thank you Aileen you are welcome uh can't unread the things I've read but there Mm. you go